This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani A. Lunas, joined by Aishrod Blakely and Gary Washburn. How are you two doing once again on this lovely new week? I'm doing wonderful. Cut my hair, ate some chips, got some kitty beverages and some adult beverages within arm's reach. Life is good okay. today. It's a good that's day. Good. That's good to hear. Gary, how have you been? I'm good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, no minutia. No yeah. Like Just this, solid. This, yeah, let's get to the show. Gary's <laughs> in that straight no chaser move. Sherrod's chips. And when we hear about that, the <laughs> listeners do not want to hear about Sherrod's orange soda. Because you know Sharon uh, is caring. <laughs> So. That's true. Well, since we're going to talk about good, we'll talk about this good streak that the Celtics have been on. They're now on a four game winning streak. What is your takeaway from their most recent win against the Thunder? Especially when we talked about this road trip was something that they really needed to secure and they were able to come through with all wins. This is impressive. I mean, not only but the fact that they're winning, but just the fact that for the most part, it's not even really much of a game, uh, at least not much of a game for four quarters. They're, they're pretty much handling their business early and often, getting just basically putting teams away. And, and you know, the, the OKC game really felt like almost like a trap game because it was the end of a road trip. You've had a great trip up to that point. You don't have Marcus Smart. You don't have Robert Williams. And yet you still went out there and, and just just beat the snot out of Oklahoma City. And that score, the game was not nearly as close as the final score would indicate. I mean, Boston clearly owned that game. Lots of different players stepped up, and we'll get into some of those guys a little bit later. Um, but bottom line is they're just they're just handling their business, and, and and it doesn't even it doesn't feel as though they're playing their best basketball. They're just playing significantly better than every team they face. I thought it was a uh, very positive road trip. I thought that you want to go when you go to Golden State and Denver, you know, you and then uh, Sacramento and Oklahoma City. I thought three and one would be a great trip for them maybe losing the Denver game coming off, you know, the high altitude and, and Jokic and whatever. But when you won the first game against Golden State, you know, the Warriors were shorthanded without Steph. Um, and then, you know, you're able to get Sacramento, which was a trap game. And you had to go, yeah. Then the Denver game, I thought was most impressive. They beat the breaks off Denver 25 point lead at halftime and kind of this fourth quarter was all just uh, garbage time. And so I thought I was very impressed with this trip. One of the better trips, I thought, in Celtics' recent memory in terms of the level of competition and then the trap games included. And, yeah, like the Warriors, I said before, didn't have Steph, but Jordan pulled that 19-point third quarter. Still a good NBA team out there. And then Denver, winning at Denver is a very hard place to play um, and, and blowing them out. And then uh, getting it done against Oklahoma City, I wasn't – ecstatic with Trey Mann hitting seven threes like their defense like Oklahoma City hit 17 threes I mean their defense did not wasn't great at all the I think Oklahoma State shot 51 percent um so they slipped a little bit but without their two of their best defenders and the last game of a road trip so in a back-to-back so overall very impressive uh they just keep climbing now nine games left uh, five are at home, five of the next six at home. Uh, so let's see what they can do from there. So it obviously comes to no surprise that Jason Tatum was just named Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He had that 36-point performance in, in OKC. How have you both seen his game improve over these last four games? Go, G. Um, just the three is falling. and He's very more com- much more comfortable with the three. I thought the whole key to his season was just the three not going down, especially the open ones. I mean, this was a guy who early in the season was shooting like 31% on open threes. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and now you can't leave him open and he's even, even he, he hitting the ones that are contested. So I thought the key to Jason's resurgence of the season wasn't like he's playing harder or he's considerably better in 10 categories. I just think his shots are falling the ones that we've seen fall over the years are now falling, especially the three-point shot. And the three is the key to this game. When he gets real comfortable from the three, it allows him to drive and attack the basket, get to the rim. So I just think the fact is three is falling. He's become a considerably better three-point shooter over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and especially in this trip, kind of leading the way. 
Um, I just think that has been the overall difference. Uh, the, the big difference with him is his swagger. I mean, he. I mean, when he walks into the building, he's looking around like, okay, there's uh, there's another nine guys on the floor. Y'all do realize I'm better than all of y'all, right? And if y'all t- five over here who ain't rocking with me make a run, you do know I'm going to check that, put you in check, and go on my own run. I'm that nice. He is – there's just – you know, the, the kisses to the crowds. I mean, Jason Tatum yeah. right now is on – He this is a first-team all-NBA level that he's playing at now because he's getting points, he's getting rebounds, he's getting assists, getting everyone involved, and most important – they're winning games. He's making winning basketball plays. And again, you, you we talk about their defense because it is it's exceptional. It's one of the best. The last I'd say three weeks is maybe the one of the best defensive runs I've seen a team go on in a long time because they're they're not just making life hard for you. They they're, they're putting you in a in a, in a chokehold pretty much every night and taking away the best players. And the, and we're talking about guys like Embiid. We're talking about Jokic. We're talking about MVP caliber players that they are absolutely making them work so hard to get just the most basic fundamental shots that they're used to. But the thing about Tatum more than anything else is just the confidence that he exudes and the confidence that he seems to be exuding with those around him. When I when I think about Kevin Garnett uh, getting his jersey raised. The one thing I always loved about Kevin Garnett was he was one of the best players I've ever been around at doing, to me, the, the five keys to greatness, and that's being able to score, rebound, defend, pass, make your teammates better. Jason Tatum is excelling in all those categories right now on a level that I, frankly, I did not think he would be this good in all those phases. Uh, another guy that we'll, we'll probably talk about at some point is Grant Williams, who has it's gotten appreciably better, not only because of the work he's put in, but also because of the confidence that you see Tatum is pouring into him when a guy that young and that accomplished is, you know, basically looking for you probably more than he, he really should. And you're making it worthwhile by knocking down shots and doing all those little things. It has a trickle down effect to the rest of the team. That's why you're starting to look at pretty much everyone who steps on the floor with Jason Tatum is playing appreciably better. And it's not just because they're just standing around twiddling their thumbs. He's getting them involved in addition to getting his. So you set up my next point so perfectly. Grant Williams notched his first career double-double, 20 points, 10 rebounds in that game against OKC. And this is where I throw in a quick shameless plug because I did have a conversation this past week on 10 questions with NBC 10 Boston with Big Baby. And I asked him, who is a player that you've been following most this season? Like, obviously, he played for the Celtics, but I didn't expect his answer to be a Celtics player. And it was actually... Grant Williams, and this is what he said, and this is a piece of the quote. He said, I love his position, the way he settled himself on the Celtics, and I feel like if he can give us six to eight more points, we'll be a contender team. Obviously, Grant has been playing out of control these last few games, but do you agree with with Big Baby that Grant could be an integral part of this team being a contender in the East? Well, I think he's a guy that gives you – high ceiling wild card impact uh someone who he is an x factor i think every time they step on the floor and there's not one particular box that you can kind of put him in and say well if he just does this well we're going to be good some nights it could be rebounding most nights i think it's defense uh occasionally it'll be scoring uh he's become a much more active and engaged scorer no longer is he just basically sitting in a corner twiddling his thumb waiting for him to show to throw him the rock He's putting it on the floor. He's finishing at the rim. He's doing step and pull up jump shots. He's doing things that I, and I'm going to keep it 100. I didn't think Grant Williams had this in his bag. I did not think that he had it in his bag to where we would actually see it in games versus seeing it in the little snippets that we see in practice. There, yeah, see it all the time. In games, did not expect to see him pull that out and be as effective as he's been. So as far as the point about, you know, six, seven, eight more points, I don't think he needs that to be effective. I just think he needs to figure out what does the team need from him on that particular night and give that to them. And so far I I give him a lot of credit. He's been able to do that more times than not this year. Yeah. I feel like Grant um, has really developed his game, went from kind of a fringe player last year to a real asset this year. I mean, he's got to get votes in my opinion, for most improved player. Now, he might not get it. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys on that list. I'm sure they're, you know, going to be, you know, candidates ahead. But Grant should get most improved player votes because he has become, and so should Robert Williams, to be honest. Um, so because he's been such an asset. And Grant, uh, in addition to his three-point shooting, 
as Sherrod alluded to, he's put, been able to put the ball on the floor, drive to the basket, because his offense is going to be like 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 Peyton Pritchard and a lot of other guys who aren't Jalen and Jason. Like they're going to get their shots, they're going to get their opportunities because defenses are shifted to Jalen and Jason. So Grants take advantage of that, and when he does, he's good and he's learned how to play more of a small ball five and play more effectively, play better without fouling. You know, Grant was kind of a hack his first couple of years and a lot of bad fouls and, and, oh, I didn't foul him. And yes, you did, you know, that type of thing. Um, you know, Grant still works the refs a little too much. I think just to the, I don't know, he just always is talking to the refs during timeouts and, you know, halftime after halftime, like Grant, this ball, man, just hoop, you know, quit trying to reason with the refs all the time. But I think, that he has been a very effective player for this team, one of the biggest surprises, one of the biggest uh, reasons why they are where they are, because you need dependable guys. Their depth is not great. They don't have a bunch. They're not Brooklyn. They're not bringing, you know, all in, former All-NBA guys and all that off the bench, former All-Stars like Marcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and all these guys off, you know, Patty Mill. They're not bringing those guys off the bench. They needed to hit on one of these guys that they drafted. And Grant, being a first round pick, you know, um, has been one of the, uh, you know, fortunate picks for the Celtics. He's turned himself into a real asset after people were like, well, should they have drafted him? Should they, have, you know, people were questioning his draft. And obviously, you know, he gets drafted in that same group with Romeo Carson and Tremont. And none of those guys are in the organization anymore. So he's the only one left. Um, so I think Car- Grant has made the best out of his situation, has turned himself into a real asset. And hey, uh, he's gonna get paid this summer. His his third, he's finishing his third year. He's up for an extension this summer. So uh, you know, he ain't gonna be a max guy or anything, but you know, he's in line for a nice little contract extension um because he is, I think, proven to be a guy that you want to hold on to. Yeah, and, and that, that becomes another one of the, the many wrinkles that the Celtics have to iron out this offseason is what do you do with Grant? Uh, and, and what do you do with some of those other guys that, you know, you're interested in? And and, and to me, you know, and we, we'll get into it at various points going forward, but you got to do what makes the most sense, not only to the organization, but also to your two best players. They are going to have so much more say than people realize because they have earned the right to have say Tatum is a is a three-time all-star Jalen Brown is one of the better wing scorers in the NBA when you look at the, the just the ease at which he gets to the basket and is able to finish and even though you know we we haven't talked much about his health you know remember he he had some offseason work done um and it looks right now as though from a health standpoint this is the best we've seen Jalen all season what we're seeing right now and for him to be playing at a high level high impact level Tatum is, is, you know, Tatum got the cheat code to figure out how to get buckets, get you buckets, get wins, get the crowd into it with a little kiss of the stand. Shout out to Deuce. He has figured it all out and they're winning. And Ime, you know, we will, again, we'll talk more about Ime down the road. But I mean, the fact that he basically put his flag in the sand and said, look, this is what we're going to do. And y'all either going to be with me or you're not. You, you, there's no in between. And you're going to be with me. I mean, even though you got a choice, you really don't have a choice because I'm, I'm the head coach. And eventually they bought into what he's saying. All of those things are going to conspire this offseason when the Celtics are looking to figure out how are they going to remake. And this postseason is going to have a lot to do with their decision because I think they gambled on the idea of we're going to try to keep the band together and we're going to basically, we're not looking to add a bunch of young bucks. We want this group as it stands now to grow and keep growing and maturing. We're not trying to add young folks to the mix. So that I think may wear, may wear, work in Grant's favor because the last thing you want to do is see him, you know, go to another team because you got kind of stingy with the dollars. Um, you don't want to see him become, and you know, again, we've heard his name a million and one times, and I understand why they didn't keep the pick. But Desmond Bain, you don't want to see another guy, or or you can even go even further back in Tony Allen, uh, a guy that won a championship with them, and basically all he wanted to do was to have an extra year. And Danny was like, "Nah, I don't think I want to do that." And then when he went to Memphis and became that dude, Danny's like, "Yeah, I probably should have done that." Uh, you don't want to have that 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 buyer's remorse. 
I do want to talk about Jalen Brown. Like you mentioned, you know, he's honestly been a sort of silent assassin for this team. He averaged about 28 in the last four games, but obviously we also just talk about this being Tatum's team. So what more would you like to see if anything else from Jalen's game moving down the rest of the season? Go ahead, Cal Cubby. Talk about your boy. Talk about your Cal kid. Uh, I just want to see Jalen be more efficient, especially with the ball. None of the the uh, unforced turnovers, the getting ripped. Um, Jalen's ball handling has been up and down this year, and I think that he has to tune that up, tighten that up um, to be at his absolute best. I think that he's playing with more confidence. The three balls going down. He seems to be playing with a, with that fierceness that we've seen from him in the past, uh, attacking the rim you know, dunking on people, uh, you know, just kind of being that guy. And the only thing I see is just like the turnovers, you know, cut down on those turnovers, dribbling in the traffic, trying to do something, you know, too much. And then, you know, this are, these are NBA guys. You show them the ball, they're going to rip you. And this isn't college. And I think we what we've seen from this tournament uh, over the last several days is how different the game is officiated, how, you know, you can't do the ripping and like the, the the body stuff, the physical play, it's a foul. In the NBA, no, no, no foul. You go to the uh, lane, sloppy with the ball, someone hits you on the hand or some in the wrist and strips it, that's you know, a live ball. That's generally not gonna be a foul unless you about two, three, four guys in this league. So um Jalen needs to be more efficient and sure with the ball, cut down those turnovers. And I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, the, the turnovers are problematic because a lot of the turnovers that he commits are unforced. And that's unfortunate uh, because he's a, he should be better than that. And hopefully he'll tighten that up. But to me, I want to see him be more consistent defensively because I think that's the one area where if he's scoring the way he does and he's a consistent defender, you're not going to focus as much. You're not going to think as much about those turnovers and it's not going to be as big an issue because Jalen from, from a physical standpoint has tremendous potential as a defender, uh, tremendous, but I don't think that potential is, is being anywhere close to being reached uh, in part because I think so much of what he's about now lies on the offensive end of the floor and he hasn't quite figured out how to balance those two worlds and and make them collide and be a great two-way player uh tatum is ahead of him in both of those areas in my opinion right now i think tatum is certainly a better scorer and he's a better defender and that to me is why he's the one that we're talking about in the whole mvp conversation even though their numbers aren't that significantly different uh, when you talk about scoring and things like that. But at the end of the day, Jalen Brown is, is is a dynamic player. The Celtics are incredibly fortunate to have him be someone who can accept the role that he's in, which is not necessarily the star, but not be have animosity about that. Because a lot of cats, you know, they're looking at like, you do realize I was a number three pick, right? Um, why, why do I need to play second fiddle to this cat? I'm better than him. I, we've seen through generation after generation of players in the NBA where you really talented players for whatever reason can't mesh. Uh, I'm going to go back in the time machine real quick and then talk about Gary. You remember Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, Jimmy Jackson down in Dallas. That That's a dream trio right there, but they couldn't make it work because they had lots of issues. They had nothing to do with basketball. Shut up, Gary. They had lots of issues that they couldn't work through. You don't see that with Jalen and, and Jason. They understand each other. They appreciate one another. And they know that their best chance at both individual success and team success is how well they can work in sync with one another. The last player I wanted to bring up was Peyton Pritchard. We talked about uh, the last few weeks, we've talked about how the bench wasn't really bringing it, but he's been bringing it. He's been shooting 70% from three in the last three games. How have you guys seen his game develop and what more can he do to help them end out this stretch strong? I just love the fact that he's taken what the defense has given him. And it's a cliche to say that, but he wasn't doing that earlier before he was just kind of hesitating to be aggressive when he had the ball. And now he's just letting it fly. Uh, he, he's playing with the kind of confidence that he's talked about in the past, uh, but now it's actually being tr transferred formed into actual action and it's great for the Celtics because they're going to need 
him to be a threat out there when he's in the game. There's no doubt about it. Because as great as Tatum and Brown are, you can't win a playoff series. You can't go deep into the postseason if those are your two best players every single night and they're not getting some type of help. The reason why the Celtics are, are beating the breaks off of teams lately is because they're getting their top two players playing well and they're getting used to one or two others who are stepping up, whether it's Grant Williams, whether it's Peyton Pritchard, you know, Derek White, who's not really shooting the ball particularly well, but he's still making his presence felt as a playmaker, uh, initiator of the offense and his defense. So Peyton, I, I give him a lot of props. I mean, he's, he is made the absolute most of the minutes that were created when you lose a guy like Josh Richardson and you lose a guy like Dennis Schroeder via trade. Yeah, I think Peyton has done tremendous since the trade deadline and since the trading of Schroeder. And I think the the biggest concern when you trade Schroeder, and I don't know if I agree that, oh, he, you know, Schroeder was a problem. Everything took off after they traded Schroeder. I'm not going to put all that on Dennis Schroeder, but it did open up an opportunity for Peyton Pritchard. And I think for me, there was concern that, well, can he hold up his end of the bargain and take advantage of the opportunity? Can he hit shots? Mm-hmm. Okay. And since the all-star break, 13 games, Peyton Pritchard shooting 49% from three and his offensive rating is 143. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. 143. His offensive rating before the all-star break was 103. So, I mean, he is just so much 52% from the field, 49% from three. I mean, you know, averaging almost twice as many points, averaging twice as many points as he did in just five more minutes played. So he has really been that guy because he's going to get open shots. Like I said about Grant Williams, he's going to get open shots with Jason and Jalen being on the floor, and he's got to knock those down. If he doesn't, then there's going to be a problem um, because he's kind of useless to have on the floor. You're not putting Peyton Pritchard on the, on the floor to stop guys defensively. He'll try. He's he's a he's a willing defender, but you're not. He's not a shutdown defender by any means. So you you need him to hit those open shots to be that guy that that teams go well. We just gonna take our chances and hope he's off. So 49 percent from the three in 13 games. Good solid sample size. 143 offensive rating, just knocking those open shots down. That's exactly what the Celtics needed. A recurring theme when the two of you have been answering about the specific players, it seems, has been confidence. Where do you think this confidence is coming from? Is it the winning? Is it Ime Doka? Do you guys have a sense of why this change has happened? Winning. Winning changes everything. Uh, and particularly when you are winning – against different types of teams. Like if all you were doing was beating bad teams, there's still going to be a, some element of doubt as to how good you are. But when you're, you know, you're going to, you know, Denver and just absolutely just smacking them around like, like a rag doll. When you go to Philly and you put the clack, clack, clack on Joel Embiid, where he doesn't make a shot until the middle of the second quarter, which I don't think that's happened to him in any other game all season. And when you think about how dominant a player he is, for him to not to get one bucket to go down until like middle of the second quarter, when you start putting together those type of of elements as part of your basketball resume, you are basically putting everyone on notice that you did not come here to just do a job. You came to be the job. You are you are what everyone else is trying to get to. And it's crazy to think about how far this team has come where they can have that type of swagger. But the bottom line with them is that they're winning. They're winning decisively. And it doesn't matter if you are at the back of the pack or you front of the line. Everyone is catching them blows from them. Everyone. And that breeds a different kind of confidence, a different kind of swagger. Uh, and we're seeing that play out every single night with this team, regardless of who's on the floor with them. Yeah, I mean, I just think, uh, like Sherrod said, winning breeds that confidence. I think the guys like being around each other and they trust each other. They like each other more than they winning, I tell you that. It's true. <laughs> any, other, any, any other statements, Sherrod? I just had to throw that in there, Jerry. Okay, I'm just asking. So anyway, <laughs> um, I just think that they are playing better and that has allowed everything to, to work better because Ime's system, Ime's words are now coming true to life. It's coming mm-hmm. to fruition. 
And when you don't see it, it's hard to see it. And um, I think the guys, let's say they didn't trust them, but they were just still trying to fig- figure things out in the first 50 games or, you know, first, let's say take away from that first 40 games. Yeah, when they were 18 and 21, first 40 games, they were still trying to figure things out. And now in the last 40, uh, 41 games, they've been tremendous. Um, so you can't, you know, he may deserves, uh, is probably going to get closer to coach of the year. And the entire roster just feels like they feel good about themselves. This is exactly what we want to see or people have been asked to see for years in terms of this team. Like the last two years, the uh, ever since the loss to Miami in the bubble, you know, it's just been kind of uh, chaos in a sense with the roster, who's playing where, who, you know, not saying they don't get along, but, you know, last year with the whole Kimba situation, playing, not playing, injuries, COVID, and this, the first part of this year, injuries, COVID, inconsistency, you know, uh, Udoka laying the guys out in the media, that type of thing. But now that everything's clicking, I think this is the thing that people have been asking to see and wanting to see for two to three years now, and it's here. All right, we have to play a game as we always do, pick and roll. Which bench reserve are you counting on come playoff time? Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, or Grant Williams? Who you got, Gary? Uh, I'm going to say Grant because I think he's reliable. Um, and he's he's played the playoffs for three years now, and this is his third year. Um, so I'm going I'm to trust, I'm going to trust, I'm going I'm to roll with uh, Grant Williams. I'm going to roll with my man D. White. Uh, and here's why. There, when you get to the playoffs, and we've, we've all seen this before, you're going to have games where you're just not going to make shots. You're going to have games where your offense is not going to be crisp. So what are you going to bring to the table if you're not making shots? And that's where I'm looking at Derek White as the guy that I'm most looking forward to seeing in the playoffs because I don't anticipate he's going to have like five for seven shooting 13 points in 18 minutes. No, but what I do expect to see him have two or three deflections, a couple of steals, a rebound, get two or three assists, but only one turnover, do all the little things that when at the end of the day, and you're trying to figure out how the hell did we win this game by 25 points? Oh, damn, that's right. Our backup guard only played 17 minutes, but he were plus 17 and in 17 minutes he played little things like that. I think are going to define this team in the postseason. And Derek white, I think is just an ideal guy to know you can count on uh, not only because of what he's done and the type of player he is, but the other thing, and we don't talk a lot about this, but we all know it, that familiarity with Eme, with assistant coach Will Hardy, with all those cats who are part of that San Antonio Spurs organization, that breeds a different kind of comfort level with him that allows him to not freak out when he's not making shots. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him when we were in, how was that crap? Oh, Sac- Sacramento, when we were in Sacramento. And we, we talked for about 10, 15 minutes. And then we talked about just in part his comfort level when he's not making shots. Cause he's shooting less than, you know, less than 30% from three point range uh, on a season, uh, which is, I mean, Marcus smart had very few seasons where his numbers were that bad. So that tells you how much he's struggling. And he talked about how the guys are still encouraging to shoot when the shot is there. But I will say this, the last couple of games, he's been much more selective in the shots that he's taking. Cause when he first got it, he was just shooting every damn thing. Like you open, he's shooting right now. There seems to be a little bit more thought in, in, in the type of shots he's taking, which is fine. But what not what, what hasn't changed is his playmaking. What hasn't changed is his defense. What hasn't changed are the things that he brings to the table that may not necessarily reflect all that that significantly on the stat sheet, but are nonetheless valuable, vital to winning at the highest levels. And that's what I that's why he's the guy I'm rocking with off that bench. Before we move on, of course, I have to give a shout out to our sponsor, betonline.ag. It's March. The madness has already begun to show itself through the NCAA tournament. Of course, I have to give a shout out to also the St. Peter's Peacocks for just... Shaheen is in the house. Cinderella story already. 
they're making their way to the Sweet 16 tournament. Yeah. And I bet your brackets are broken because of it. But it's not too late to use Bet Online to make some money in another way. They're your number one spot for up, updated odds and information and great contests to help you along this bracket journey. Head over to the website and use the promo code CLNS50 for that 50% welcome bonus. And of course, they are your continued source for all your sports wagering needs. They're the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports, not just college basketball. Bet Online, where the games start. Now, Gary, what is your issue with Shaheen Holloway? Yeah, he, he clearly has a... Because Gary was just like, Ugh. He wasn't about yeah. the Cinderella story. No, 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 no. Did he, did he turn down Cal when he came, when he decided to no, stay in, in Jersey? Against, I got nothing against St. Peter's. What I is have a problem... Jersey? No. What I have a problem with is all these Jersey folks suddenly claiming St. Peter's. Absolutely. I will... They've never been on campus. They've never, they never been... They have no, don't know. Nobody ever went to the school. But My cousin went sudden, to St. Peter's, so I do have a connection. A I have Peter's. a connection you, to the school. Thank you, thank you. Well, With a body check with Kwani. Well done. <laughs> so, Kwani, your cousin. My yeah, my my cousin, my first cousin. He went there. Kwani, you know how cliche my cousin. No, my actual blood relative. <laughs> I have one. We, other all, got, we all got cousins. I like Sherrod, my Sherrod, my cousin. Like my mother's <laughs> father's brother's son went to St. Peter's. If you do a family tree, that's a, my cousin. Father's Kwani, <laughs> he went to Cal. That's 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 too many. Yeah, he, he can't. He can't make that connection. Son, yeah. and, you on, and, you, and you've been on campus. I've been to Jersey City. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's all. All, all these Jersey folks didn't even know St. Peter's in the tournament. I didn't know. Oh, St. Peter's food! Oh, oh my God! Stop what? it, Gary! Stop I it. can't, Gary. You have a coach named Shaheen, coaching, not playing, coaching, coaching. in the Sweet Sixteen at a. Now, I can't even call him a mid-major because that's giving them more status than a guy. He's got yeah. them, Gary. I can't say anything bad about that dude or that school hmm. because it, it, it's, as a matter of fact. It's just the that Jersey. For Bayheim, I wouldn't mind if he, he intervened and got in that succession plan. Oh, he's going to go to Seton Hall. He's going to he get should. a Seton Hall, yeah, Hall, Hall yeah. job. Uh, but no, I don't have no problem. Much love to St. Peter's. I, I, you know, I've heard of the school or whatever. I, you know, I know they won their conference tournament. They, Wait, you so know, you hadn't heard of it before? Is that why you were saying that? I have. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, okay. Yes. But what I, what, it's just funny, all these Jersey people who all of a sudden coming out the woodwork claiming St. Peter's. It's just really funny. Now, Gary. My you cousin. Know, Gary well. was Gary, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't Kwani's sister, her her guy, my cousin. My, yeah, my cousin. cousin. I only have yeah, one other cousin. family member. My me, cousin. Oh, my God. So cousins. I grew up in Orange, New Jersey. We have only one other group of family that live in Orange as well, and it's our actual cousin, like blood cousins. Not like you when know, black people say it's my cousin. Like we're <laughs> blood relatives. Okay. See, Gary, you I'm know not just like well. playing. Not <laughs> just saying a cousin. Okay. Yeah. You know damn well, if Cal was like in a Sweet Sixteen, you would have cats from middle of nowhere, California, talk about oh Cal Berkeley, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> they, they do the same damn thing. They would say the same thing. Well, you know, like I had that. a cousin that went to Cal Berkeley. You know that, right? <laughs> My cousin. They say the same damn thing. I'd be lying about it. Don't nobody, don't know, don't nobody claim Cal like that, except that's because y'all you don't win, win so you got to be really be a Cal fan to love. You got to. You gotta love. You gotta love this blue and gold. You gotta because it's a. It's not fun to be yeah, a cow fan. Believe me. It's well, not I a tell toy. You, you know who's getting lots of love right now? Those Boston Celtics. Wait, but I wanted oh. to, to wait. But are you MCU fans? Is what I wanted to ask the two of you. Am I fans again? of who? The Marvel Universe. The two no. of you. Are you? No. Okay. No. So you don't want to talk about Grant Williams's no, nickname and the nickname he has since given all of his other teammates. No. Okay. Well, I just thought it was pretty relevant, but we can talk about them in the East and what they've been I mean, doing. That's what he called. Why he called himself Batman because he shut down Jokic and he's yeah, a Joker, Joker, so he yeah. called himself Batman, which is honestly really clever because I, that was a lot of deep thinking to get to that conclusion. See, I'm not. I'm. I'm cool with it only because it requires a bit of thought for you to understand what the hell Grant is doing. And, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. But 
I think we're a little we're putting I, I think the, the the you know the cart before the horse when you start talking about nicknames because nicknames that's what you do when you like dominate that's what you do when you win in chips that's what you do when everyone is looking at you like damn they kind of nice they like like avengers or they like marvel care it comes it has a different connotation and feel about it when it's what someone else is saying about you as opposed to yourself i mean paul pierce has one of the great nicknames the true could you imagine how different people would feel about that if paul pierce gave him that nickname instead of shaquille o'neal yeah Yeah, it would have a, a very different feel about it so i i i Feel what Grant is doing, and I I like it. I just wish someone not on the Celtics payroll as a player would have mm-hmm. come up with something like that, or would have you know would have made some type of Marvel analogy that led to him doing that. But this was a Grant this this was a Grant Williams production uh, altogether, you know. Okay. So with that being said, are you of the mentality that they should be weary of getting a little too overhyped with the nicknames? Obviously, they want that camaraderie, but the possibility of it being a distraction, should they maybe pull it back? I just hope that they just keep it all in perspective. I mean, that, that to me is, is what it would matter. I mean, you can have nicknames and have fun with it, but don't go out there thinking that, you know, oh, I'm Batman, so I'm just going to wrap you up and, and, and take you to, to put you in my defensive jail cell right now. Yeah. No, it ain't, it ain't going to work that way. It, it, that, that's, not, that's not how this works. You need to, because... If you start thinking like that, you're going to have cast like Joel and B be like, oh, really? Let yeah. me show you why I get 30 and 10 and I don't dare to crack a sweat gland first to do so. Let me put, you don't want to use, you don't want it to be used against you as, as, as motivation, as fake bulletin board material that, that teams and coaches will certainly try to use uh, to their advantage. So just be smart about it. That's all. And Grant, for the most part, is really good about that stuff. Um, but that's my biggest concern with that. I think Grant's a fun guy. Um, but. <laughs> no, no buts. No buts. I thought it was cool. He named Jalen Brown the Black Panther. Which um, was so on brand. <laughs> movie, movie with Michael B. Jordan in it. Um, of course. Heard about it. So, <laughs> we should have like some little hearts floating around. Kwani's right, right around my head. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> ne- ne- none, neither of us, Sherrod and I, have ever met Michael B. Jordan. So uh, that's not uh, true, so, actually. I have met Michael jo- Michael B. Jordan. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell us your story. He no, we, I mean we like literally just like literally ran into each other, and it was just and it was like I was walking and he was coming out, and we just ran into like physically ran into each other because I wasn't. Was that that game? No, was it, it, was, it, was a, it was a it was a summer league one year. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Not the same day. <laughs> well, anyway, we call him Jalen Black Pan. I think it's 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 cute. It's neat. It's cool. Grant is a guy who's a very creative man, mm-hmm. off, young man off the court. So I got no problem with it. But start, you know, be, be, oh, I'm Batman because I shut down the Joker. Like, no, <laughs> leave it. Don't incorporate that's, other teams. That's players. pretty damn funny, though. Don't incorporate the two, the MVP, the reigning MVP. Like, chill with that. Like, just name your guys however you want to. Name them um, all the Marvel comics. And the, I'm sure. But isn't that what the league's about? The trash talking? Like, it is. It is, and it's it, it, it doesn't exist anymore. Someone that's I true. I can't remember who. I can't remember the the former uh, player. It was someone from like the sixties or seventies. They were talking about how you can't really do any of the stuff that made the game so enjoyable back in the day. The way where, Jordan used to talk to people. Yeah, it, might, it, might might even been, it might even been Cedric Maxwell. Uh, who, who Michael in, Jordan? In one no. of our, well, the obviously, Michael, yeah, that's fair. I'm not comparing him to. Funny, yeah. that's the real Michael Jordan. Okay, not Michael B. Michael B. No, I, Michael F. My this point is, is though, is that yeah. in that era, that he could talk. He could talk. Grant Williams, no. Yes, fair. Grant Williams, no. Play ball, Grant. It wasn't Remember necessarily Ruben, comparing this him. Before your time, level though. Remember I'm, Ruben, I'm saying Ruben the Patterson era. Oh, himself, <laughs> Ruben Patterson anointed himself the Kobe stopper. How did that work out? That, and remember Harold Miner, the next Michael Mike, uh, Michael Jordan, baby, baby Jordan. Jordan. I mean, that, that, that he didn't give himself that name, yeah. but um, but he he had a game. He wore twenty three. His game was a lot like Mike, but he was six three, not six six. But I mean, no you know, I think it's cool to do the Marvel comics thing, but going other opponents like just play. Just don't take on the, the greats and be, don't call them out. Like I just wish great play had a bad game. He, the Celtics. Defending him well, last year he got really frustrated in Denver and, mm-hmm. and had a real bad game last year uh, when they went to Denver during the pandemic. You know, and, and he was uh, they have something against you know they they play him well. And I yeah. get that Grant's a good defensive player, 
but start, don't stop, you know, just leave it as a joke, laugh, name your guys, all the Marvel comics, let, let that be a joke amongst the team. But when you start call, calling out next, you know, our next victim is going to be Donovan Mitchell. Then it's going to be Carl Anthony Towns. Like, you know, so, you know, yeah. no, then it's Fred Van Vliet. You know, like, no, don't start having a check. Don't, the only dude that did a checklist that was, funny <laughs> was Chad Johnson. And if you don't remember this, Kwani, when Chad Johnson, when he was with his heyday with the Bengals, used to have a checklist of the opposing that's, uh, yeah, that's defensive backs. And be like, yeah, this fool check. Like he getting clowned. The next, we play. And he Chicago still talks Bears. about it to this day on his uh, yeah. I am athlete pod. So yeah, you know, <laughs> Chicago Bears, Jerry Azuma, check. Like you know, Deion said, like he was go through the, the, the you know the. the but to your the point, there's that level of greatness that's associated with being able to be that vocal. So yes, I get yes. what you. Mean. If not, Grant Williams ain't there quite there yet. It's yeah. cute. It's cool. Keep it amongst the team, but don't start doing checklists and don't right. start calling <laughs> fools out and all that. The Celtics success, just enjoy the success, play hard. You ain't done nothing yet. You ain't won a playoff series. You ain't done nothing yet. Okay? This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to win. Okay? So enjoy the success. Play your ass off like Jalen said. We haven't done anything yet. I want to see more. And that's what I, the attitude you take. Be okay. hungry because yeah. you, you want to send the mess to the rest of the league. We're back. We're not the... We're not the Celtics losing to LeBron and them. Like we're we're a legit contender. We're not getting pushed over by Brooklyn. We're not getting punked by Miami a couple years ago. No, 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 no. We learned from that. We real deal. But you got to put your head down and play ball. Get it done. Do it on the floor. Win a couple playoff series, and then you can start walking with some real swag. See, I'm going to have to push back on that a little bit, Gary, because I think you can still have that focus on winning and have fun at the same time. I mean, I say have and, fun, but don't be calling out other opponents. Don't know. You know what? But, but don't Gary, be here's the thing. Your chest out. You're still third in the East. You ain't top you know two in the East yet. You're still here's third. You still lost. The, you, know, you know, you know, Sherrod, they lost to Portland. Remember that mm-hmm. game? Remember they lost to Indiana? Remember they lost to Detroit? Like there's some there's humble pie right around the corner. So I'm not saying don't uh you know rest in, you know, but don't bask in the glory right now. It's 10 games of regular season. You know, so win, put your head down, bring that, restore that Celtic pride, whoop ass, keep it moving, and there'll be plenty of time to talk all that head. But right now, have fun amongst your team, but don't be calling out opponents. No, like no, just move on and have fun within the team and walk with that swagger. See, I, again, I, I don't think you can. You don't. You don't need to keep your mouth shut because here's the thing: what happens when you start popping your gums? You got to back that up. And when you do, when that happens, your focus has to increase. Your attention to detail has to increase. I, I, again, I hate to go back in the time machine, Twine, but hold. Let me get a drink first. <laughs> See, I ain't do none of that. Call. Oh, no. I'll have some salsa water. There we go. Exactly. But, but back when Rasheed Wallace, playing for the Pistons, went to Indiana and said, they will not win game three. You can put that on the front page, back page. I distinctly remember standing right next to Lindsey Hunter and we're watching him do this. And Lindsey looked at me and said, well, I guess we got to go out and win game three. That is the mindset I like to see. When your teammate puts you, you on blast like that, and you have no choice but to perform. It's either one of two things is going to happen. Either you are going to show your ass out and make good on those promises, or you are going to get exposed. And to me, it's almost like an unspoken truth teller about how good this team really is. Because if you can put yourself on front street like that, and you can brag and boast about, we shut this guy down, we did that. When you're able to keep winning, even after that, that's when you get scary. That's when it's just like, damn, not only are they playing well, they're talking that talk. Damn. Th- these fools ain't playing around. Rod, who's this? The Sussano trash talkers. Who is the trash? Marcus? Who is it? Grant. Grant has his Grant. Isn't that what we're talking about? If Grant you is your chief trash talker, there's a problem. Sorry. Grant is not no. Gary, Grant is a different is generation of trash talker. You know no. this. You ain't got this no. Ain't, this ain't 2008. This no. Is a different, this is a different brand. Yeah. Back then, it was Kevin, Paul would talk mad, trash, Eddie House, all them dudes was talking. But this team ain't got that. 
Tatum ain't no trap. Tatum's a- he trying, Gary. Can't, can't the brother try? Can't the brother oh, try? If 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 Grant Williams, your chief trash talker, you're gonna be giggling. Well, I, like, well, oh, I'll, okay, I'll, you're the guy. Oh, I'm supposed to be staring at you. Grant is doing. I'm supposed to be staring at you. Grant is doing. Oh, this. Oh, here we go. I'm not. You don't need to be scared of me. But when my team reach about twenty five. And I'm popping smack during the game. You don't need to be afraid of me. But guess no, what? No, my point is, is that you should be. You should be because I, I just whipped that ass. Tra- trash talking is not it, it either is there or it's not. Patrick Beverly, trash talker, right? The fact is, is that Tatum is more of a of a emotion trash talker. Like the blow of the kiss, he's an action. He's not going to be like, yeah, I hit that three in your face, fool. Like no, Jalen more screaming. That's cool. But Grant Williams cannot be the leader of your trash talking crew. Like he can't be the front man. Like it just ain't gonna work that way. It's cool <laughs> that what he's doing, but it's always. But let's Stop be laughing honest. at my boy Grant Gary. Stop I laughing at him. He's he's a great guy, but he cannot be the lead. Disrespect. He cannot be the chief guy. He can't be your KG. It's just he can't. The, the like, level of disrespect you're showing Grant Williams and, and his talk. I'm not game, disrespecting man. him. There's just stuff, dude. dude it's gonna, a nature. He's going to try to talk Gary next. <laughs> Devin's a trash talker. Trash talker is a, it, it, you, it's natural. You know, well, I like I like what Grant's doing. I like what he's doing. I like what he's doing too. He brings fun to the team. <laughs> you, exactly. He's a very, he's a very yeah. intelligent guy. He's fun. He's he's a jokester. Some you know, I mean, he he, he could be kind of a you know kiddish at times and, and and that type of thing. But he brings a youthfulness to the team and yes. it, it, it breaks the ice. But the whole like like that's the dude you're gonna be scared of when they walk off the bus. No, stop it. Come on, Sherrod. Gary, this is not 2008 or 1998. It's a different generation. And Grant, and Grant, I don't think Grant talks trash because he's trying to intimidate you. I think he's talking because he's having fun. That's his way of lightening the mood. That's keeping those guys not. I think he's encouraging. I don't think he talks trash. Yes. I think he's encouraging to his opponent, his, yes. his teammates. He's talking. He's joking. I think that's a different. That's not trash talk. That's just being a cur. That's being talkative. Brent, Grant. Well, then talking. that's what he is. Then he then he's talking. Let's give him. Let's, let's, he don't stop that because that's his let's put the right brand guy. Him. You know, but the whole like, yeah, like we, you know, we're coming to your house to kick your ass, like that KG. No, no, nobody does that. You saw that, that dude Patrick do Beverly. that. You saw the real dude do that. Like, no, yeah. there'll be many. So we'll redefined it. It's not trash talking. It's well, just. Talking. I, I like the fact that he's talking that talk. I yeah, love the I fact that he's not afraid to keep his mouth shut. Because, again, you're going to get exposed one way or the other. Either you're going to be able to back everything you say up and your teammate's going to have your back, or you're going to get exposed. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I'm glad that he's comfortable enough in his game and the game of his teammates to do that. Because that's the one thing about this. And, and, and again, I, I learned this from, from, from players from back in the day, was that a lot of times you will say how you feel as almost like a, a way of challenging your teammates to see if they have your back or not. I mean, if you say that, you know, we should, we going to bust that ass and your teammates are like, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they're kind of good. Yeah. Y'all, y'all going to get smashed. You are absolutely going to get smashed. But if you, if your teammates feel as confident about the group as you do talk that talk, especially when you, especially when you are smashing kids on every block that you hit. Mm-hmm. Uptown, downtown, hood, anywhere in the standings you want to go, the Celtics are taking your lunch money. They have been yeah. taking your lunch money for weeks. So, Grant, you talk that talk because you got a pocket full of everybody's lunch money, and I ain't mad at you. Okay. All right. Well, to to really just put a bow on this conversation, the Celtics have oh, nine games for the season. <laughs> the Celtics are they're two games behind two and a half games behind Miami Tatum like I mentioned was just named player of the month for the second time in March player of the week player of the week oh sorry excuse me yes duh that doesn't make sense you can't be named player of the month twice one March month 20th of the week yes he, he's a definite candidate for player of the month though Kwani like yes two weeks you exactly. could get it. yep I would imagine he has a 50% chance. Of no, doing now she's she trying to do math. Stop. Yeah, going. I'm going to make it math Stop. up as I go along. Okay, Wait, all of that BC being said. Math. BC math. That's why I went to school for communications. Thank you very much. 
buy, sell, or rent, Tatum and Brown are the best one to punch in the game right now. What say you, Gary? Wow. Um, I might have to say Middleton and Giannis because they want a chip. Sorry. Um, that's it, though. That's a, I mean, it's not it's not anything that they haven't done. It's just, as I said, get it done this season or get to the finals and get get they need to snatch their respect. That's what I want to see from Brown and Tatum. Tatum is is after the all NBA. Tatum wants to like they they have had meetings. They have went to dinner. They have hung out. They have Snapchatted or whatever. Um, <laughs> them cats do face face chatted. It's the time. It's the time. My space. Black Planet, whatever they have done. Black Planet. <laughs> whatever they have done. To yeah. Hit each other on, the, on their pagers. You know, whatever they've done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And said, we are go- we're best as a duo, and we're going we gonna to smack up these fools. And we're going to take our respect as the best one-two punch in the NBA. Do keep doing that this year. Grab your respect. And I think Tatum and Brown are both doing that. I can't call them the best yet because Giannis and Milton have a championship. You know, you can say Booker and Chris Paul, you know, are one great one-two punch, um, you know, but they're they're rising. And they're, it's not nothing they haven't done. It's just the, the success on the floor is why I give it to Giannis and Milton. That's fair. Well, if we're, if we're, if we're talking, well, first of all, you know, there's going to be people out there be like, pager? What the hell is a pager? Let me Google this pager thing Gary was talking about. What the hell is he talking? I got you, Gary. Thank you, Google. I think I, I, I'm going to rent it, and here's why. All we're working with right now is what these guys have done this season. And they have been better as a tandem this season than Giannis and Chris Middleton. Now, are Chris Middleton and Giannis, in a grand scheme of things, a better one-two punch? Absolutely, for all the reasons Gary laid out, because they got a chip, and they were clearly the top two players on that team, although was, you could make a case Holiday eh, could be 2B uh, to, to, to Middleton. But bottom line is this. They are taking everybody's lunch money right now, and they are not giving change. They are taking lunch money and mushing you in your face as they walk past you in line. They're doing this every single night. So right, did that happen right to you before? Because you saying it's lunch money. And it was emotion, very like, descriptive. Did you, you do you that? Did that happen to you? Are we going back in the line? They shipped him all your Your days of growing up as a kid in Syracuse. Did somebody there? Gary, all I will say is this. I appreciate what they are doing right now in ways that I can't even get into on this podcast. Okay. I appreciate what they're doing. Because I... Sometimes it's got to be like that. I mean, look, you either eat or get eaten. And sometimes you need to eat. And sometimes you need to eat and you don't got the lunch money to eat. So you need to you need to find a way to get that money, get that lunch money. Another story, kids, another day. Bottom kids, line is not this. go by the kids, kids listening to this podcast. The <laughs> philosophy, either you eat or get eaten. Don't bullying don't is that. not okay. We're, we're don't, talking don't, about from a basketball don't, perspective, don't Gary. Don't follow that literally. Kids, don't follow that literally. Don't don't use that as some kind of life. We need to put an exclaimer at the bottom. Motto. Of the <laughs> don't use that as a life motto. Thank you. Continue. Thank bottom you. line kids, is they kids, are absolutely. Kids don't try this at home. Thank you. They're handling their business. Can I speak, Gary? Thank Where? you. They are handling their business on a level that no one, no one two punch is doing it. When you look at Chris Paul. And you look at Devin Booker, the way they're playing, they're playing well, but you don't come away from games thinking that, man, they just absolutely own them. Because you got guys like Mikael Bridges, you got Aiden, you, you got other guys who are clearly in that top-tier status as far as really impactful players. If Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are dominating, who is for the Celtics? I mean, Rob Williams does a lot of nice things, but his numbers don't, don't speak dominance. Al, Hort, he'll, Al Horford, he'll hit a couple shots. Cool. You start going down... To, they don't have two alphas that are dominating the way Jalen and Jason are. So for regular season, I'm absolutely buying them as the best one-two punch. But, but as far as overall body of work, to be determined. Because if they get a chip this year, then absolutely. Because if they do that, then they will have been the best two players on the floor, most likely. Or at least two of the top three to get that done. Mm-hmm. So 
don't mind talking about taking lunch money when you're talking about basketball. We're in a basketball sense of, of the words, of the words taking money. Because that's what they're doing. They're showing up in your building. Your fans are cheering for you. They talk about MVP. No, not you, Jokic. Me. I'm Jason Tatum. That's taking your lunch money, Gary. When you go up in somebody's crib and you're, and the fans in the building are cheering for you and not the home team, and you smack the home team around by like 20 points, that's taking your money in the NBA. Okay. Well said. If you, if you don't eat, you get eaten. Or whatever. <laughs> you should make t- inspirational T-shirts, and that should be the first one. <laughs> that should be the first one. Eat, eat or get eaten. <laughs> they have two. I have two boxes. You can check. Pick one. Yeah. Confucius Blakely here. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up, I do want to go around the league really quickly. I have four topics, and this is something new that I just made up. I'm going to mention four topics, and you both can elaborate on whichever one you choose to do. So, so we have Ben Simmons and his herniated disc in his back. LeBron James just passed Carl Malone and is now the number two scorer of all time in the NBA. Nurkic, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but he threw a fan's yeah. phone. Allegedly, the fan shouted that his mother was trash and said something very disrespectful about his grandmother, who actually had passed away in 2020 due to COVID. That fan lucky, the only thing that got tossed was his phone. That's the that's exactly exactly. And then finally, the MVP race is heating up. If you have someone that you are really strongly rooting for at this moment, you can pick. But you can pick whichever one of those topics you want to elaborate on. It's a lot there. All right. I want to go with Ben Simmons and that damn herniated disc thing because to me, the whole point of the damn trade was for you to play your ass off and help Brooklyn win. And not only have you become a distraction again, you are not playing again, and you are, in essence, hurting your team's, team's chances of winning again. You have become a useless six foot, 10 inch defensive whiz who is going to be doing the same thing come playoff time that Kwani and Gary and myself will be doing. You'll be watching the Brooklyn Nets. That's not how this should go. Yep. It's just said, I'm, I'm, I'm really down on Ben Simmons right now. I, I love the talent that he has when he's at the top of his game, but the way that things have kind of worked out, I just, I can't rock with that dude no more. I can't do it. Uh, I'll touch on the LeBron situation. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing. I just, you know, he ceases to amaze all of us. Last night, he just carried the Lakers in Cleveland. He dunked on Kevin Love, something awful. I mean, it's to the point, I mean, and people obviously think that I don't like LeBron because of my vote eight years ago or nine years ago. Now. Oh, you mean the time when you voted for Carmelo Anthony instead of LeBron James? I didn't ask for no interruptions. I didn't ask for no <laughs> addendums. <laughs> Same. I just want to make sure that people know what you're you talking about. I just want to clarify for the people. I just want clarity. <laughs> anyway, I think, I mean, I've, you know, obviously voted for LeBron many of the other times for the MVP, all first team, all NBA, obviously. I think we need to appreciate him. I'm not saying we don't appreciate him, but just I think we've taken him for granted because for the last 18 years now, 19, since 2003, he has just been a presence in the league. And the league was able to recover from Jordan retiring, right? And because LeBron came along. And then, you know, obviously before then Kobe emerged. And then you had, you know, your Currys and Hardens and all these guys who have, who have taken the league to another level. And we don't think about what happens when LeBron finally hangs it up. And it's going to be a bit gaping hole. And I'm sure there's there's guys coming and there's the Tatums and the Jaws and and all these young guys and Giannis is the, it'll the league will be fine, right? But just to see this man at 37 years old and what he's able to do, and this is big LeBron. Like if you look at him throughout his career, how his physical stature has changed, and now he's like big husky LeBron yeah. in the weight room. LeBron, he's not the the skinny kid his first stint in Cleveland, or even he was a little bigger in Miami, and then now he. And, and so he's not able to do, it probably doesn't do all the freakishly athletic things, but he's still a freakish athlete and he's still able to average 30 points a game. And I don't see no slippage. I just don't like, does he, is he the staunch defender that he, that he was years ago? Or is he like, but I just look and he still makes the game look way easy. He still can, now he's a better three point shooter. 
his ability to finish off the glass, not dunk on you, but finish using the glass, the layups, all of that, right? His basketball IQ is off the charts. Like, we need to appreciate LeBron. And I know people have varying opinions. Not everybody loves LeBron. Some people fiercely love him. I learned about that when I didn't vote for him or how many people threatened me. Yeah. But I'll say, like, I like we should appreciate him for what he what, for what he does. And he'll pass Kareem next year. And, you know, you can, you can point the games play. Well, he played more games than Jordan. You know, Jordan averaged more points. So like, whatever. If you, whatever, you can compare him to MJ or whatever. But for me... I think we need to appreciate LeBron and his accomplishments. Take Don't take for granted that this is going to happen, last forever, but maybe it will another five years, like, you know, shoot, Tom Brady's coming back and playing again. But basketball, you know, for he's 37 years old. You know how many players in his draft are still around, like two or three? Like, there's dudes who were drafted in 2010 who are out the league. Like, this guy continues to be the best player in the game, one of the best two, top two or three. You know, people are, well, Kevin Durant's the best player in the game. Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the game. The most flawless, pure score. I don't know if he's the best player in the game, but he is top two or three. LeBron's still in top three. Are you going to say James Harden? Who are we talking about here? Giannis? Yes. Giannis, Durant, and LeBron. Jokic? You could argue throw Jokic in there, right? Um, and there's, you know, Tatums and the Jaws and all those guys are emerging. The Bookers and all those guys are emerging. The Currys are, could be, the, but but I think appreciate this greatness because it ain't going to last forever. And then when he retires, like, oh, I wish you could retire. Oh, like he's going to get all of his flowers when he retires. And I just wish that people would appreciate him now on a quick, quick, you know, I know the Lakers aren't doing well and it's been a struggle and he's played GM at times and it hasn't worked. You know, Jordan had his criticisms too, um, but I think we should appreciate LeBron for what he's doing because it is amazing to watch. Like, I watched that Cleveland game last night, and he's just like, he's by far the best player on the floor. And he's just, and he still has athleticism, and he's just like, and, and he can, he's doing stuff that people, no one can stop. So I applaud him for passing Malone. I wish people would appreciate Malone more. I know Malone has had his off the court stuff and is not a great guy. And he's been kind of, you know, he, he didn't show up to the top. Like, but Malone was a beast, man. If you look at his numbers and look what he did, Malone was a damn beast, physical beast, like just an unstoppable force of power forward. So the Malone deserves his flowers too. But LeBron, to appreciate what he does now, pretty amazing. I love that. Give him his flowers while he's still in the game. For the Nurkic note, I will say that it's very frustrating to see fans continue to be empowered to treat players in this way. The fact that, like Gerard said, the fact that all he did was throw his phone was definitely a blessing because if what was reported is true, then there's no reason why that person should have been emboldened enough to say that to this player's face. And granted, I thought social media was an issue where you have players, like you said, Gary, you have people in your DMs threatening you for opinions or the way that players play. But the fact that they're now emboldened to do this in person is very concerning. And I hope the league will hopefully do some kind of investigating to make sure that the players are also being protected. Yes, there are millionaires with athletic bodies, but it's still unfair that they're subjected to people that are as bold as that guy was. What do you guys have coming up down the pipeline for your other jobs? Well, um, got a couple things. Uh, working on a piece actually with the WNBA uh, for Ebony uh, as, as part of uh, Women's History Month. Uh, that'll be coming out probably in the next week, week and a half. Um, but can't get to too many details about it because they're going to be unveiling something, a project that they've been working on as well. Uh, and I'll be writing about that unveiling. So, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, still got uh, lots of different Celtics related content on fullcourtpress.bulletin.com. And I'll be, you know, doing the home games this year. They got some really good, good games coming up and then they'll be kind of taking a real quick trip north of the border to Toronto. And I will be there for that. Can't wait. Love Toronto. One of my favorite NBA cities, uh, one of my favorite cities in general. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to spending a, a day there. Cause it's like, a, it's on a back to back. Um, but, um, other than that, just, just staying busy, staying busy. What about you, Gary? 
I'll just follow in the Celtics. Uh, obviously, game Wednesday against Utah, game uh, Sunday against Minnesota. Then I'll be making that trip to Toronto and just uh, keeping abreast of the team uh, and being able to, you know, just whatever is going on in Boston sports, I'm going to be on it and working on some other columns I'll, t- I'll tell you guys about in coming uh, weeks. And are you following said- the tournament at all, G? Are you following the tournament at all? I mean, oh, as far as, like, writing, writing about it, I mean? Not, not, not right now, but that's something yeah. I'm working on. Okay. Cool, we'll cool. get closer to the, the championship game. Like I mentioned earlier, that conversation I had with Glenn Big Baby Davis is on NBC10Boston.com slash 10 questions. Go check that out. If you're looking for more localized content, I have a local lowdown that is dropping on Wednesday about things to do in Dorchester. So if you're in Boston. Is that the ear piercing thing, Kwani? No, not just yet. We haven't revealed it, but I do have this ear. Did I reveal this on the pod already? That didn't no, really I, I, oh yeah, people clowning me last week. So yes, for those who <laughs> listened last week, if you're watching, you can see I did go through and get the ear piercing. Very bold of me, I know. Just I thought as, you might get a nose ring. I thought you're thinking about getting a nose ring. Nah, that'd be a little much. I don't know if I'd do that, but <laughs> I did not jump out a window yet. Baby steps. You can so you, we can we can we can. Oh, oh not a window, an airplane. That's go, what I'm so. We can go on YouTube and watch you get your ear pierced. It's not online yet, but yes, oh. you will be able to see me get my ears pierced. It's exciting. Gary One more shout out to betonline.ag. Like I mentioned, use that promo code TL and that's 50 for your sign on bonus. Make some money. March, April, you know, you got to start saving up for summer. For Aisha Blakely and, and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani A. Lunas. Thank you for listening to the A-List podcast. Now, Gary, give me your lunch money, Gary. 